Hello, this is pharmacist Tara Thompson, and welcome to the Mix It Up podcast, a show where we take you behind the counter to hear from expert pharmacists in medicine, health, and pharmacy compounding. As you know from our previous podcast, the purpose of the Mix It Up podcast is to put a spotlight on pharmacists who are stepping outside the box of traditional pharmacy and breaking down all of the norms. So pharmacists in these unique and interesting positions are just one example of how important pharmacists are to the healthcare community and as part of the healthcare multidisciplinary team. So today I'm so excited to introduce Dr. Casey Green. He is a clinical pharmacist who specializes in nutrition support and IV therapy. We actually had Casey on our podcast during American Pharmacist Month where he discussed quality in compounding pharmacy, and that was a really great episode, so you should go check that one out. In this episode, though, we're actually going to hone in a little more on Casey's clinical pharmacist knowledge and put the spotlight on a very essential yet very controversial vitamin, vitamin C or ascorbic acid. So there are some myths surrounding ascorbic acid, and especially as it pertains to the immune system, or dare I say, COVID-related. But today we're going to talk all about that, debunk some of those myths, and hear all about um, how pharmacist Casey is... Um, debunking the ascorbic acid myth and telling you all about ascorbic acid from a drug expert perspective. So thank you so much, Casey, for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me again, Tara. You're welcome. So Casey's actually worked in sterile compounding for several, several years. He was a sterile compounding technician um, in the hospital system before he became a pharmacist. And then he did some postgraduate residencies um, where he got a little bit more specialized education, but he's actually worked in compounding ever since that as a pharmacist. So today he's actually the director of QAQC at a um, national compounding pharmacy and um, lear- teaches all about IV nutrition and nutrition support. So welcome, Casey. And we want uh, to hear a little bit about yourself and how you fell into nutrition and the pharmacy field. Yeah, so uh, nutrition was always an interest of mine. I was actually a personal trainer and nutritional consultant uh, before I went to pharmacy school, so it naturally kind of was something that I was interested in, and uh, different aspects of nutrition can be used in medicinal ways in the pharmacy world, so there are actually pharmacists that are specialized in nutrition and uh, various things, uh, for example, uh, uh, vitamin C, like we're going to talk about, magnesium, calcium, those can actually be very powerful medicinal agents used even in emergency situations in the hospital, but they can also be used to enhance overall health. So um, definitely a, an area of interest for me. Awesome. I know you've had some specialized training in nutrition, and there's some really great um, organizations and um, educational materials out there that we can certainly link Um, on our podcast as well. So we'll get those out to our listeners. But today, let's talk a little bit about ascorbic acid. So we know it is an essential vitamin. Most people call it vitamin C. Um, We can purchase it over the counter as a supplement. It is by prescription as well. In certain doses, it comes in all different kinds of dosage forms, injectable, IV, oral. So tell us a little bit about Ascorbic acid, give us the pharmacist drug expert lowdown on ascorbic acid and the pharmacotherapy, pharmaco properties of it. Yeah, so of course we all at least should be getting some vitamin C in the diet that we eat, especially if we get some various fruits. Everyone thinks, you know, oranges and orange juice, of course. Um, Of course, if you were extremely vitamin C deficient, scurvy could set in. So that's not really an issue, of course, with most Americans nowadays. But uh, if we get into 
higher levels of ascorbic acid use, injectable forms, high-dose forms. It can uh, get into all kinds of different therapies for different purposes from what we typically think of. So uh, when we normally get it in our diet, for example, or supplement it a little bit uh, through some capsules, we're normally using it for that antioxidant type of effect. Um, so supporting the immune system and, and antioxidant capacity. Um, and, but then when we get into IV infusions, we can even get into high dose, which is a, a completely different realm of therapy. And a lot of even uh, healthcare practitioners are kind of confused about how that might work or what the purpose of that might actually be. So um, it has a lot of different uses that uh, we'll try to clear up some misconceptions today. Right, so you talked about there's low dose forms and high dose forms. Can you go into like some of the, um, for instance, if you were taking ascorbic acid in a low dose, what does that look like? How, what is that doing in the body to the cells? And then on the flip side, can you also explain what high dose vitamin C is doing inside the body and, and what it's doing to the cells in that way? Because it's a common misconception, I think, to just think that vitamin C is doing the same thing in everybody, no matter how much you take, and maybe taking more is better for you. Right. Um, but that's not necessarily the case with this particular vitamin. So explain us low dose versus high dose and, and what the differences are. Yeah, so normally when you get vitamin C in your diet, or if you even take a supplement over the counter, you're probably getting maybe a few hundred milligrams uh, in, a, in a dose to basically supplement what's in your diet. And that's going to help support your antioxidant capacity, support your immune system, uh, which is, uh, you know, good and helpful in, in situations and uh, times like with COVID, for example, you want your immune system to be as optimal as possible, as, as well-functioning as possible. So that's not necessarily going to prevent COVID, but it'll help support your immune system to have the best function possible when you get a cold or COVID or something like of that nature. Uh, on the other hand, on the prescription side, you can potentially get into high dose vitamin C. So instead of milligrams, now we're talking about uh, grams of doses. So a gram being a, a thousand milligrams, and then we're talking about, uh, say, doing 10 or more grams of uh, IV vitamin C at a time. So what that actually does is it generates hydrogen peroxide inside the cells in, in the body. So it actually becomes an oxidative therapy instead of an antioxidant therapy. So it actually goes to the very opposite side of the scale um, compared to what we typically think of with vitamin C being an antioxidant. So even a lot of practitioners are confused about that. They, they might think like, the more vitamin C I give, the more antioxidant capacity I'm giving and the more I'm supporting the immune system. But you actually go into a completely different mechanism and from that point on, you're actually creating an oxidative state that um, uh, viral cells, for example, viruses, um, and a lot of other types of cells, like cancer cells, can't necessarily withstand. So that uh, oxidative state through that, uh, that uh, it, it basically will kill certain cancer cells or viral cells because they don't have the antioxidant capacity to fight it off, whereas healthy cells do um, via the glutathione cycle. So um, it's a rougher type of therapy, like it's usually several hours per infusion. And if you think of like a more extreme would be chemotherapy. It's rough on the body, but it serves a purpose medicinally. You could almost think of high dose vitamin C as that way. It's not nearly as brutal as chemotherapy, but it is kind of harsh on the body, dehydrating, 
Uh, for example, you might not necessarily feel that great after a high-dose vitamin C infusion, but it serves a purpose to be temporarily used in that capacity to help uh, fight off viral cells and or cancer cells. So it might not necessarily completely cure it off, but it can be a, like a good adjunct therapy uh, to assist, for example. Interesting. So you, you, you mentioned a little about high-dose vitamin C therapy and viral, but also cancer cells. But so I think a little bit of the myths that we're hearing or that's kind of buzzing and chattering around the media is the use of ascorbic acid or vitamin C for COVID. What, what is your, what myths do you want to kind of debunk around that? Or what have you heard? And you're just thinking, no, 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 that's not how it works really. So, yeah. So a big misconception is that high dose vitamin C can be used to prevent COVID uh, by essentially optimizing the immune system, but it doesn't really work that way so much. Um, the lower doses of ascorbic acid or vitamin C are more what would just support optimal ongoing function of the immune system. And while that's definitely great, and I would definitely recommend that, you know, getting everything as optimized as possible, uh, just in case you were to get, a, a, whether it's COVID or a cold or the flu or whatever, um, that's certainly great, along with other nutrients like zinc. But high-dose vitamin C and its oxidative nature is not really going to have a preventative effect against something like COVID or anything like that. It's more going to attack like an actual ongoing viral infection or ongoing cancer, for example. So um, a patient would actually have to have COVID at the time and get a high-dose vitamin C infusion, which could potentially lower the viral load through the oxidative effects. But most prescribers uh, obviously aren't having um, actual diagnosed COVID patients in their clinic at, at the time for obvious reasons, trying to uh, you know, reduce the spread of COVID and obviously not wanting exposure uh, to your other patients and such. So, so really what you can more do is just low dose vitamin C, whether it's IV or oral supplementation, as far as optimizing the immune system, and then uh, theoretically getting high dose vitamin C while actively having COVID would again lower the viral load, but that's not something most practitioners are willing to, to actually do having actual COVID patients uh, in their clinic. Um, so that, that's probably the biggest misconception that I see in, in those different uses. And I guess since it is, since high dose vitamin C, just from what you've said is, is sort of a harsher treatment set in terms of, you know, getting a high dose vitamin C IV sitting there for a couple hours. It can be very dehydrating on the cells, on the body. Those patients are probably already feeling bad, right. um, if they have COVID or symptomatic COVID. So, right. Um, just very, very interesting. Thank you so much, Casey. I, this is, this is exactly what we want to showcase on this podcast and why we made it is because we want to show that pharmacists are the drug experts. I mean, we're, we do a lot of things, but people like Casey and who who are experts in these types of things can certainly be an asset to, um, the pharmacy profession, um, be a source of information for clinicians and providers. Um, and just knowing drug mechanisms and knowing how those drugs work in the body is just one of the things that I feel like is so important because especially with this drug, for example, with this vitamin U, it works two opposite ends of the spectrum depending on dose. And there's a lot of drugs out there that 
are dose dependent. So for instance, if you give a small dose, it may work a certain way. If you, the more dose you give, it may work better or you may need more for certain patients. But in this case, it's like almost totally opposite sides of the spectrum. So just very interesting how um, that specific mechanism works. So Um, the last thing I wanna ask is um, what advice or um, for someone who might want to get more information about how you came into this IV nutrition field or how, what training you had or what you took, are there any organizations, associations, um, specific webinars or books that somebody, maybe a student or a pharmacist who's interested in this um, type of information can get and, you know, can purchase or get with you to figure out what to use? So IVNTP, um, IV Nutritional Therapy for Physicians is a group that I learned a lot about um, as far as IV nutrition and medicinal uses specifically. Um, Aspen is a group that uh, provides guidelines on um, IV nutrition, especially on the more acute side, um, as, as well as various types of oral nutrition that might go along with that. Um, you could also look into uh, shadowing or trying to get a job in the hospital where a lot of IV and nutritional things are added in for uh, support in addition to the more traditional uh, medical therapies. So those are some options that you could look into to, to get more, more training or information. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Casey. Um, I'm always amazed and blown away by your information. Um, I mean, I ask Casey questions all the time about, I mean, he was telling me one day about grass-fed beef, and I was just like, you've changed my life. This is amazing. So, um, but we really do appreciate you being here today, spending your time and giving us uh, just a glimpse into your brain that's full of all this amazing nutri- nutrient knowledge. Um, so thank you so much for being on here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. And thank you to all our listeners who joined us today on the Mix It Up podcast. If you know anyone who can benefit from this conversation that we've had, please share this podcast with them and subscribe to our um, link here so you can continue to get updates when we launch new episodes. And for more information on the podcast or to ask any questions about something you heard today, feel free to email us at info, I-N-F-O, at innovationcompounding.com. Thank you guys and see you next time.